be meeting today. We're going to be recording. There we go. Devin, um, we're going to start with a call to order and roll call. So, Devin, could you do that for us, please? Uh, I'll do a formal roll call. Uh, Here. Lindsay Limmer. Here. Holly Hatcher. Here. Great. Great. Next on the agenda is our approval of the minutes from our last budget committee meeting on May 27th. Are there any, or can I get a motion for approval? Motion to approve. And a second? Second. Any discussion or changes? Okay. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Great. Um, next on the agenda is our public comment. Um, Devin, is anyone registered for public comment this evening? Uh, no registrants. Okay, we can move on then to disclosures and recusals. Are there any members of the budget committee that have anything to disclose or recuse? See, head shaking no, and I don't either. So we will move right on to our new business. So. Um, the first thing on new business is the Board of Health for Madison and Dane County Resolution 2021-11, Authorization of Budget Transfer of Acute and Communicable Disease Grant Funds. Can I get a motion for approval? I move. And a second? I'll second. Great. Could we get some more information from one of the staff on this, please? I can jump in quickly. This is, we're coming up on the end um, of the grant cycle for this um, acute and communicable disease grant. And so this is just a little bit of line item cleanup um, to match the budget to expenditures. So it's moving 45, just over $4,500 from consulting services to work supplies. Great. Any questions or comments from the committee? I see heads shaking. Okay, we will take a vote on that motion. All those in favor of the resolution signify by saying aye. 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 Perfect. That passes. And then we will move on to our discussion item, the 2022 operating budget. So I believe maybe Millicent, uh, no, is going to present this. No. Okay. Well, who, who's presenting? <laughs> I'm not sure who's going to share the screen, but I think you'll probably hear from a couple of us uh, in the course of the next over the course of the next few slides. Perfect. Thank you so much. So, um, you know, as we've mentioned in the past couple meetings, I, this is like last year, um, an unusual uh, budget year again for public health Madison Dean County in that um, it's we're, we're fortunate um, and you can go to the next slide um, that we have been asked to just submit a cost to continue budget. Um, just as a reminder, the city of Madison departments have been asked to submit reduction uh, budgets. Dane County departments have been asked to just submit cost to continue budget. So we have the benefit of being in the middle of that and getting that cost to continue budget. So with some updated numbers, I think Kate's gonna just talk through kind of the highs and lows of the next two slides, just the, the overall summary. Yep, absolutely. Um, just a little bit of context and framing for the group. Um, you know, in thinking back on how we've wanted to engage with you all um, over the course of this kind of budget build, uh, when we started conversations in April, um, 
you know, we kind of had anticipated in this in this formal budget process that we we would have had some additional information around some of those new funding streams that um, kind of are on deck to come through. But as you've learned kind of last month, and you'll hear more later on in this presentation, we still don't have um, guidance nor estimates on those additional American Rescue Plan dollars that are coming into our department. Um, so you'll see that um, the next couple slides are very um, specific and scoped to our operating budget and not necessarily those kind of larger pots of money and that more kind of generative and visionary thinking that we were doing back in um, April. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of give that context before jumping uh, in here. So as Janelle said, um, our target, both from the um, our directive from the mayor and the county executive, to, was to prepare a cost to continue budget, um, which means no changes to our programs. Uh, the total expenses um, that we are submitting in this budget request is just shy of $22 million. Um, the levy contribution, those revenues that come from city uh, taxpayers and county taxpayers um, into our budget will be uh, 15.3 million, actually just a little bit more than that um, as the city has some um, specific kind of city supported contracts that, that hit their levy as well. Um, so that split is based on equalized value um, of all the property in the city and the county and you'll see that 55-45 uh, split. And then just a really high level breakdown for the group just to get a sense of um, where where our expenses are as a department. And um, as you can see from that top line, 18.5 million is for our personnel costs. So those are all salaries and benefits. Um, and that's just, that's almost 85% of our entire budget. Um, our supplies uh, budget remained um, pretty much the same from last year to this year. Um, at uh, 547,000 um, purchase services, just under 2.4 million. Um, and that includes a lot of our community agency contracts and all of our overhead costs um, in that uh, category. We do have um, kind of small amounts as well for debt service, and that's repayment on um, those capital uh, borrowing projects that we've undertaken in the last couple of years. So that's that remodel downtown of our downtown offices and the um, purchase of our electronic health record system, as well as um, we have a, just a very small amount of the budget is some interdepartmental charges. Um, again, those are consistent numbers as well as the percentage of the total budget um, breakdown as we've seen in years past. But just those are kind of the latest breaking final numbers as of this afternoon. Um, so wanted to get those in front of this group so you know um, what we are putting forward in our operating budget request. If there are no questions here on those top level line items, um, we do have two decision items, but I'll hand it back to Janelle to talk through those. So any questions or you want me to keep going? Okay. So, you know, as we had been talking to you, we're keeping our eye on these funding streams that we think or thought were available to public health to support infrastructure building. And as you know, in public health, as you saw on that last slide, um, our infrastructure is our people um, by and large, and whether that's in the department or services that can get passed into the department, um, out into the community. 
So we've talked about what some of those options might be that the board would like us to um, focus on for that community perspective. Um, and we uh, recognize that uh, given what we've learned, there is one, and we'll get into this in a little bit, uh, the federal recovery plan dollars that we understand to be available to public local health departments have not yet been let. We don't know when or what criteria under which those dollars might be made available to local health departments and how they'll get passed through to us. So as we were thinking about the budget, we were trying to think of like, how do we build our infrastructure with these new funding streams and how do we do it within the operating base budget itself? So separating out all of these infrastructure building um, potential revenue streams, we are going to propose um, putting forth two new positions to support public health that will start as being uh, supported via our fund balance. So with the funding um, available to us to support COVID over the course of the last 18 months, our fund balance has continued to grow and will continue to grow probably fairly significantly over the next 18 months as well. And with that comes, we, we knew we had uh, more infrastructure needs and in some of our foundational administrative work um, work streams pre-COVID. Those have only been enhanced during COVID. So we have had conversations with city and county leadership and finance and support to move these two permanent positions forward that will start as, which are a senior accountant to join Millicent's team. There's a lot of work going on there in general, and especially with um, what we anticipate will continue to happen uh, over the course of the next couple of years in managing additional new revenue streams in the senior accountant position. And then um, something that's long been on our public health um, uh, infrastructure wish list has been a dedicated information technology position. Uh, more recently, we've had conversations. So just a reminder, we are a city supported, uh, city IT supported agency, not a county IT supported agency, and have had more conversations with our city IT colleagues who have made it very clear to us that we are the largest user of their services in city government. And our um, needs are pretty unique. They're fairly diverse and they're fairly heavy in um, how we use them. And so uh, support from both that perspective and needing to have a dedicated um, position. So we'll be putting forward these two positions, only one of which will actually be a public health position since we are a city IT position um, supported agency. The, the IT specialist will actually become a city employee sitting in the city IT department, but funded by the health department to dedicate those resources to us. This is a model that um, city IT has started in the last couple of years with at least water utility. And I believe they're talking about doing it with another organization within government as well. So we feel that it will really be helpful to us, especially as we are continuing to kind of um, become increasingly dependent on technology uh, in doing our work, especially as we're launching our EHRs um, over this coming, next coming years. So these will be submitted as two new decision items um, two new, uh, you know, two new positions within one decision item, so to speak. And then what you see in that number two is um, 
something that you already seen, um, the funding that has been moved into the health department to create the um, coordinator position for the CARES uh, project. That's that uh, partnership between the fire department, Journey, public health, and, and to, to think of a different model to respond to people in crisis in our community. So we're moving it into the budget. You see it here because it was created kind of late in the year, and we need to reconcile that moving forward in the next year. So there is nothing. Um, these are these these are our decision items. I would say there's nothing overly exciting in here. We haven't had the opportunity to do. Um, we're going to let this next year kind of shake out because no programs worked in a normal way this past year, and so we need to kind of. Uh, let that dust settle, uh, assess the needs of the community, and then probably be back with different conversations next year. Any questions? Yeah, Chanel, thank you for sharing this. Um, I want to just clarify that I'm understanding correctly that there's still hope and opportunity with some of the additional funds that are coming to create um, additional community-based funding or positions that are going to be responsive to COVID and social determinant type work that we talked about previously, correct? It's just that we don't have any details on that yet. Yes, we do believe so. And we have a slide. Our last slide is dedicated to where we think these new uh, additional funding streams are. Great. Because I, I, I assumed that, but I just wanted to clarify and also reiterate that for others who are listening that there is still, um, you know, great needs in response to COVID and these obviously don't necessarily directly reflect those needs, but I think are really important infrastructure. So um, do you need us to motion and vote on these decision items in this committee, or is this part of what happens in the budget? Just well, at the fun. end of our presentation today, I think we could make a motion now. These are the two action items. Okay. I, I would recommend perhaps accepting this or uh, making a decision on the end of this presentation. Okay. Any other questions, Holly or Lindsay, about these decision items or what was presented so far? No, I don't have any questions. Thank you. I don't either. Thank you. Great. And we'll send this presentation out to you. Here's just a little bit more narrative, but I, I'm not going to read the slide to you. I've described it, I think, fairly well. So. Great. So something I think you've already seen, at least in the city side, and I'm going to ask Ariel to talk about this a little bit more. Um, as you know, the city and the county both received um, ARPA funding independent to what we think we still have eyes on for local public health, different way processes under which the city and county are building their plans to allocate those funds. And one of those was very, a request was made to, very specific to us to put forth a package related to violence prevention. So um, just wanted to kind of share that. There's still conversations happening in the county about whether or not how this may uh, be paired or what it looks like in, in county funding streams. But I just want to kind of level set of where that is in the middle. So of us being in the middle of those, uh, these two, units. So Ariel, do you want to talk a little bit more about what this is um, all encompasses? Sure. Yeah. So this encompasses a few things. Um, one of the biggest being funding to support the Madison and Dane County Violence Prevention Coalition um, in its identification of priorities within the 
a lot of long titles tonight, the Madison and Dane County Violence Prevention Roadmap. And so essentially this is funding that supports this big question we've been getting since we produced the roadmap of how are we going to fund these things and what does that look like? So the coalition will be going through a prioritization process on Wednesday at its relaunch meeting um, to identify kind of what are the first, what are the things we want to work on first um, with that, again, buying feedback from our stakeholders. And so um, a good bit of this funding will go to support any priorities that are identified that need funding either to uh, create, sustain, or maintain. So that is the, the one big one. Um, there is also funding here to support some of our just violence prevention infrastructure. Um, one of the big items to come out of that is our CSIT or our Community Safety Intervention Team. Um, we'll be looking to acquire a communications platform just to continue that facilitated um, communication collaboration with our law enforcement partners and also our service providers. So we're connecting individuals who are either perpetrators or victims to uh, violence to those services that we know that they need. So those are kind of the things that are right now identified. Um, this funding could also go to support some other violence prevention work that we will see what that takes out to be. And, and just this um, will be spread out, did you say this, or over the course of the, the ARPA, um, the years that ARPA is available. So it's not all intended to be in the 2022, but to spread out even more. Yeah, nope, I didn't mention that. So yes, it is um, a lump sum that will be spread out over the, the three to four years, depending on how you're looking at it. Um, and the city did allocate 160,000 of that 1.2 ask uh, for us to start using as soon as 2021, which is exciting. Ariel, this is great. I just want to clarify and uh, support the idea of some of those funds actually funding community initiatives, like community partner work, possibly, depending on the priorities. Yeah. Um, so, yes, that is what we are looking to do. So we are hoping that the majority of this funding actually goes out in RFP, um, dependent on what the kind of the realm or scope that the coalition decides is priority work. Great. That's really great. I think the more we can shift some of those resources into our community partners' hands, especially in these spaces, the better. So that's great. Yes, I agree. Thank you. Um, Holly or Lindsay, any other questions for Ariel on this? I don't have any. Thank you. I don't either. Thank you for your work. Exciting. So Wednesday, huh? That's the big day. Wednesday is the day. <laughs> Can't wait to hear about it. Wonderful. Okay, anything else? There we go. All right. <laughs> so this is going to be Kate, just to kind of give you a summary of where we're making sure that we still have some funds available to continue our response. So. Yep. Yep, exactly. So we know uh, there is continuing work to do in the COVID response. We know that that work will continue into 2022. Wanted to uh, level set and just give an update to this group on um, our plans for the rest of 2021. Um, and then in the next slide, we'll talk a little bit more about those funding streams. Um, in a little bit more detail. So um, as of Saturday, our operations at Align Energy Center um, are done. We wrapped up over there after just a really incredible uh, year plus um, of testing and vaccination. So um, 
we, let's see. So for vaccination, we're transitioning um, into our PHMDC clinic locations. Uh, so on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, we'll be uh, have a clinic um, at our South Madison site. And on Tuesday, Thursday, we'll have a COVID vaccine clinic at our East Washington office, um, as well as having ongoing mobile vaccinations across the county. So really digging into the data, we know that those top line numbers look really good for us as a county, um, but we have really deep disparities in that COVID in the in the vaccine data. And so working with community partners um, and set, setting up uh, vaccine uh, mobile clinics across the county. For testing, we are transitioning our testing footprint um, exclusively to the South Madison clinic location. So that will be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, a PHMDC run clinic. Um, in, it's in that WIC clinic footprint. Um, and knowing that um, in our role as the public health department, not necessarily being the one to do the tests, but assuring that tests are available across the county. We have worked um, with a lot of uh, a number of independent pharmacy partners, um, as well as UW Health, to create a network of 15 sites throughout the county for ongoing free testing, and that's through the state's testing pilot uh, testing pilot program. And we talk about that on the next slide too. Um, and so we're working to update our websites and a lot of our communications uh, materials to show um, where there'll be testing available, where there may not have been uh, reliable testing access to date. So that's really exciting um, as a transition point as well. We are continuing in our role as in contact tracing. Um, right now, it's all LTE COVID response specialists that are staffing that contact tracing team. It's a, a lean team um, for good reason because our cases are really low right now. Uh, but we know that we need to have plans in our back pocket should um, the work increase. Um, and so just at the end of this slide, just a few points um, to show you where we're um, kind of the areas we'll, we'll tap first. Um, we're cross-training those folks who, um, that additional capacity, the active LTEs, as well as maximum contracted staff. Uh, we do have, within the folks who are scheduled, um, the LTE and maximum staff, we do have the ability to bump and increase the number of hours that they're working, uh, as well as hire on more uh, contracted staff um, and have an active contract with maximum um, should we need that um, in the coming months. We understand that the um, having our permanent staff reassigned to the COVID response was really disruptive for folks, both personally within, you know, being so dedicated to their work um, and our community partners as well. And so we're really trying to make the most of this increased capacity we have as a department um, to really uh, only reassign staff when we've exhausted all those other options, knowing that just that has been a big challenge. Um, so that's kind of where we are. Um, any questions there uh, before getting a little bit um, deeper into some of the funding streams? None for me, Holly or Lindsay. None for me, thank you. Okay. And so this is our last slide. And it's a bit uh, uh, text heavy, but I'll talk you through it. Um, so on this slide are both the currently active uh, funding streams related to COVID, as well as those potential uh, funding streams that we are tracking that we've talked about in some of the previous meetings. So the first three lines 
um, are all active uh, revenue streams that we have are that we're already realizing uh, revenue and have that revenue in house. Um, that first is the FEMA, excuse me, FEMA public assistance funding. That's not how it goes. Okay, FEMA public assistance funding, um, which is that 100% federal cost share for all uh, COVID-19 vaccine efforts. Um, and so, Millicent and team have really. Uh, been doing incredible job in gathering all the documentation for us to be able to recoup all of the expenses related to our um, vaccination efforts to date in 2021. Well, that is currently, um, uh, you know, scheduled to end in September 2021, but we'll keep an eye on that date and continue to utilize that source of funding as long as it's available. The second line is that testing pilot program. And so that, um, the, the state started that last year uh, in the fall, I believe, and um, for all of the kind of participating members, we receive a $20 per test reimbursement from DHS to administer COVID-19 tests. Um, we, in 2021, are estimating about $2.2 million um, to us in estimated reimbursements, and that will cover the staffing costs as well as the kind of overhead that we incurred at Alliant Energy Center as well as um, as we transition to our South Madison site. What's really exciting here is this is the mechanism um, that's allowing us to bring those partners on board and allow for more testing uh, for community members. So we will be serving as um, the fiscal agent. And so this um, for these uh, pharmacy partners to enter into the testing pilot program, um, we'll have kind of formal agreements with uh, those partners. Um, and for each test, and they'll give us reports of the test that, test that they've delivered, um, and we'll kind of request that from the state and be able to pass those funds through. Um, the third line is our epidemiology and laboratory capacity grant. Um, those funds are good from started in um, October of 2020 and go through October of 2022, and that's just about $5.3 million. This um, funding is where we had um, uh, place held some of those larger conversations um, and visions around some of that capacity building for the department, but we recently received up updated guidance that those uh, the spending has to be really scoped narrowly to COVID response. Um, and so we've got plenty of work that we've done and will continue to do related to the COVID response to um, uh, access that full $5.3 million amount. Um, and it is dinner time in my house. I'm not sure if you can hear the background, the baby in the background, but okay, good. Apologies. Um, okay. And these last two lines are um, where we had hoped we would have more information for you. Um, right now, we are still anticipating that we will receive an allocation from the American Rescue Plan um, Act related specifically to building public health workforce. Um, those funds um, are to be spent through the end of 2024, but again, we don't have an estimate on how much money that will be when it's coming through or the guidance on the bounds of where to spend that. Um, and then finally, we did receive um, kind of notice that we would be receiving an increased allocation of the Public Health Emergency Preparedness Grant. Um, again, don't have visibility yet on how much or when or what is included in those funds. So, um, you know, we're really hopeful and excited about 
kind of what is uh, kind of the realm of possibility within those funds, both for our infrastructure development and also looking at how to invest in some of those um, priorities that we've discussed in this space. Uh, together. Um, unfortunately, we're, we're back again without more detail, um, but we'll um, be reaching out as, as that information becomes available to us. Okay, thank you so much, Kate. Um, Holly or Lindsay, any questions on any of this information that Kate just provided us? I don't have any questions. No, thanks. I don't. I'm good. Great. I just want to make a comment that um, I know I've said this before, but just super proud and impressed with all the work that you guys have done. Um, I know we often recognize the, the people doing the tests and providing the vaccination, but there's so much operational work behind the scenes and your leadership team and Kate and, and uh, Millicent, the ability to make sure that we can access these resources to support this work is super important. So thank you for all you're doing and continue to do to make sure that we have the resources to continue to respond. Um, I also want to say, you know, if my math is correct, when I did a quick rough of um, the tax levy amount to Madison, uh, city of Madison based on our population, we're looking at less than like $28 per person of tax levy dollars. And I just always like to do that quick math and maybe it's a little different, but around that range to just recognize the value that we get in public health services that hopefully is more appreciated during these crazy times than it has been in the past for what taxpayers actually um, are supporting. And that's both a good thing and a bad thing because we know that we are often in Wisconsin across the board um, pretty low on the tax levy support for public health and imagine what we could do if we had a little bit more. So um, I say that as great job for doing amazing work with very little resources per capita, but um, hopefully there'll be a time where we'll be allowed to increase that to maximize and provide the capacity that's really needed to continue to do great public health work. And um, it's sort of a double-edged sword. You, you know, do a great job with little resources and people say, you don't need any more resources. <laughs> but we know that you guys are um, understaffed and under-resourced and still doing a phenomenal job. So thank you all for that. And please extend that to all your staff who are working their little butts off in this pandemic that is continuing, um, getting much better, but there's still a lot of work and recovery to be done. So any, Holly or Lindsay, anything else from you? Otherwise, we will take a motion to approve the operating budget with the proposed decisions included. I move to approve. I second. Okay, any other um, questions or comments? I think we're all good. Okay, um, all those in favor of approval of the 2020 operating Budget as presented with the decisions as presented, signify by saying aye. 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 Okay, motion carries. Uh, and I believe that is the last thing on our list. Is there anything else anybody has that they want to say or ask? Otherwise, I just want to say if I could jump in and say thank you, and then just a reminder that from here, your um, approval and acceptance of our um, budget will then go to the executive committee next week. And okay. so that will. Um, for that board. Unfortunately, since not everyone can make it, and this is always the meeting in July where things get dicey right around the, uh, with schedules right around the, um, 
um, budget submission, but we'll have the, the that committee vote as well. So thank you for Great. That. Great. Okay. Um, well, without any other discussion, I will take a motion for adjournment. Motion to adjourn. Second. And I think we're all in favor of adjourning. Okay. Have a great evening, everyone. Thank you so much. And um, have a safe 4th.